0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who this day uses our words to speak His prophetic word. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today, as you just heard, little Eleanor is going to be up here, and we're going to be baptizing her. And so you maybe kind of wonder, well, what on earth does a gospel reading about an exorcism have to do with any of that? Well, a part of it is that here at University Lutheran, we use this thing called the lectionary. And the lectionary is a series of readings that go along with the church here, and this is the one for Epiphany 4B, which is what today is. And it actually kind of works for a baptism, too. Maybe not on the outset of it, maybe you're, you're kind of wondering surface level, okay, what does that have to do with what's going on with baby Eleanor this morning? But at its deep level, it has a lot to do with what is going to be happening up at this baptismal font in just a little while. First of all, there actually is an exorcism that happens in a baptism, it's a holdover of, of some of the ancient rites of baptism. That the first thing that you would do is you would cast out any unclean spirits out of anyone who was being baptized. And that has kind of gotten shortened down a little bit over the years. And now it just is, do you renounce the devil in all his works, in all his ways? And that's the what Luther even calls the little exorcism. So we don't need two priests up here. Nobody's going to be vomiting out pea soup. But there is going to be an exorcism this morning. There's going to be a casting out of that which is unclean, uh, that which is unholy, even impure. And you might be wondering, okay, how can that be the case for a little infant such as Eleanor? And the reality is that we're all born into that. We're all born into this state where we are born into a world that is broken. And because we're born into a world that's broken, we ourselves are broken because of what Adam and Eve did so, so, so long ago. But that created sort of a genetic mutation that was handed down from generation to generation until even today with baby Eleanor. So that we need to cast out what is broken there and to replace it with the Holy Spirit, with life. And so then you go, okay, fair enough, I I can kind of grasp that. What still does that have to do with an exorcism as the Gospel reading? And it's kind of something that actually reaches all the way back to that reading from Deuteronomy. In that reading from Deuteronomy, where... Moses is talking to the people of Israel right before he dies. Deuteronomy is the second telling of the law. Deuteronomos. The second telling of the law where Moses is telling his people, Hey, I'm about to die. Here's the instructions. And he tells them, God is going to raise up another prophet like me for you. And He's talking about, yes, all of the prophets of Israel who raise up after him, but then especially one great prophet who is Jesus. And what it means to be a prophet isn't just somebody who foretells the future. What it means to be a prophet is someone who speaks God's words. And of course, because God lives outside of time, since God lives outside of our sense of what it means to live by seconds and minutes and hours and weeks and months, God, a lot of times, speaks out of the future. But what it really means at its base level is simply to speak His words. And that's what Jesus does. That is why the demon responds to Jesus like he does. He says, what do you have to do with us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. You're the one who is the prophet, who's allowed the words of God. And Jesus uses those words and he casts that demon out. And as he casts that demon out, he shows what the power of the Word of God is. That the Word of God does what it says it does. And we find that all throughout the Scriptures, but I think the clearest picture of that is when we see God creating the world. That God doesn't say, let there be light, and then reaches... For some wires and some glass and some neon and some LEDs and whatever and puts that together. He just says, let there be and there is. Because that's what God's Word does. God's Word is effective. When He speaks, it happens. And so when Jesus casts out the demon, it happens. And so then you get to us, and what do we have to do with that? Well, it's kind of interesting. Because in some ways, Jesus was the last prophet, at least in the terms of that understanding of what it means to be a prophet. Jesus, in fact, is the last prophet in that sense, in that... Here in the Christian church, after Jesus has died and has raised and has ascended into heaven, we are now told that we are his body. And so as his body, we have his DNA, his genetic coding. And what we are given, because we are given his body, we are given his DNA, we are given his coding, is we are given his role of being the prophet. Now that's not just individuals of us, that's all of us together as the church. All those who believe in Jesus Christ are the prophet. And so what we do with that gift is we gather together like this. And we speak God's words. Not because they're our words, not because we want them to do something, but because God wants to do something. And so when we bring little baby Eleanor up here. What is going to be happening is that I get to say those words, but they are our words together as God's prophetic people speaking His words. Those words from Matthew 28, go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And making... Little Eleanor there, a disciple, washing her of her sins. Transforming her by the prophetic word of God into someone who is God's own daughter. Who is a member of God's own body. Who, when she grows and begins to utter words herself, that she will be able to utter those prophetic words of God that say, that do what they say. And you too can utter those words. You can perhaps even utter those words this week. You can talk to somebody who is dealing with sin, who is confessing their sorrow over that sin, who is trying to repent of that sin, and you can utter those prophetic words that say, you are forgiven by a gracious and loving God who wants to embrace you into himself and make you a part of his body all over again. So that's what we're doing in just a little while here. So it's not just going to be me that's baptizing. And it's not just going to be you that's baptizing. It's going to be all of us. Through the power of God, who wants to bring this baby into communion with us, To have the same access that is talked about in Ephesians 2 there. To have that same access through the Holy Spirit to God the Father because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And perhaps you're pushing away from that a little bit and you you say, well, I'm just too much of a sinner. I can't be a part of that. Just leave me out of it. You don't want me in her life. God says, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Because if it was, then none of us would be here to baptize baby Eleanor. Instead, God says, I forgive you. I make you a part of this body. I make you worthy of my words that speak to Eleanor and include her just as you have been included if you are baptized. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So now may you, this week, as you remember... Eleanor's baptism, may you remember your own baptism. May you remember your own inclusion. May you remember that you are a part of the body of God, that you are a member of Him who speaks prophetically, and may you speak prophetically into a world that needs to hear His words. Words of forgiveness. Words of justice. Words of love. Words like, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.